To the untrained eye, real estate is the business of shelter, of comfort, of home. But industry insiders know that just behind the curtain resides a world teeming with innovation and disruption and sometimes brutal competition. And there, in the midst of it all, stand our industry leaders, the folks with the answers to our million-dollar questions in real estate. We've got one of those leaders here for you today. I'm Jessica Edgerton. And I'm Tarko Heidinga from leading real estate companies of the world. Let's pull back the curtain. Welcome to Million Dollar Question. This is a Soulfire production. Hi, guys. Oh, that's what you taught me. Mom taught me that. Yeah, put the Sit up straight. Put the fork in the back. We're talking. I'm here with Mike and Christina Pappas, but they're already off in their own world. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it is so wonderful. It's an honor to have you guys on. It's fun to have you guys on. Um, it's, it's great to see both of you here. Thank you for being on the show and uh, making time for us today. Great to be with you. Thank you, Jessica. What a wonderful event in at the win. Congratulations on all your success and everybody's success. Thank you. Thank you for being yes, there. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry I missed it, but I heard it was absolutely amazing and you had the best representation, you know. We there, so. did always. On stage, off stage, everywhere, in the boardroom. Yeah. Yes, I get a lot of text messages. Your dad's so funny. I thought, <laughs> ah, it's they- funny to you. What joke did he tell? <laughs> I know them all. <laughs> Which we, one? We, we numbered my father's jokes, so they're starting yeah. to do that for me now. Yeah, too. he yeah. never fails to get the audience roaring. I can definitely tell you that. Yes, yes. And Christina, we are roping you in hardcore next year. You, you got it. You got to be there. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm put. I'm throwing you up all on right, stage. All right, all right. We'll <laughs> it's in Miami, right? It's easier. I'm, one, not, or no? No, I'm not making any announcements. Oh, Win, win, win. We Vegas. do love the win. We do love the win. We're going to live and die at the win. <laughs> They're great partners. All right. I have, I have a good friend who lives out there. We're hoping she doesn't anymore, but uh, we're trying to get her back here. But maybe I'll, I'll come, come out next year. So we can you. throw her up on stage, too. So do you edit this? <laughs> no, this is it. <laughs> we do, but this is good <laughs> stuff. I mean, we may use some of this. All right. So you guys are a powerhouse team from of a family dynasty. I mean, you are um, just an incredible family of companies. Why don't we start with an overview of the Kai's family of company? Where, you know, what, what's your geography? What's the history? Um, and what makes it so unique as a company? I'll start out since I'm the elder. Um, it was founded in 1926. So we're celebrating in Miami and we're celebrating our 97th year. Um, my dad had told me I'm, a, I'm an SOB, many of you know, and she's a DOB, which I'm the son of the broker. Um, and he told me at our 75th anniversary, he put his arm around me and said, it's gonna be so great to, when you get to the 100th. And I remember starting to calculate the math going, well, I'm not making any commitments, and it's three years away. So we serve the South Florida community, and we have 50 offices and some 3,000 agents and a mortgage title insurance. We're a full um, family of service company, property management. And we did about $8.3 billion last year in real estate and another couple billion dollars in services. So that pretty much is our um, legacy in our company. And with that, within the Kai's family of companies, we have several different brands. And so as people have we merged in 
Um, over the 97 years of 97 years of legacy, we have several different brands that make up the family of companies. So we have an illustrated properties up in, in Northern Palm Beach, uh, smaller lost tree realty with them, echo fine properties uh, of wow. platinum properties in, um, in uh, Jupiter area. And so a lot of different um, acquisitions, mergers and partnerships along the way of those 97 years. Before we dive into the market, actually, let's let's talk about that because the growth of the company has just been something beautiful to watch, right? I mean, there's been some great recent acquisitions, um, powerful teams too coming on. What's your strategy when it comes to growth? Especially, I mean, we're we're going to talk market in a minute. We're moving into kind of the meaty part of a, a, a tightening here right now. What? How do you how do you handle that growth? What's what's the vision? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting, and I think if, all the brokers may know that we have um, shrinking margins in our business. The gross commission is, seems to be deteriorating. The payout to the associates seems to be increasing. So pretty much, and again, in my youth and for the years that we've been here, if you're not growing, you're dying. And you have to just keep pace because the margins are becoming slimmer. And so we're 100% focused on growing the operation. I mean, now with the um, fourth generation coming into the business, um, we really are looking for more than just a South Florida expansion, but even to a Florida expansion because of that um, need to, again, leverage the resources we have, find good partnerships, and really the brand and messaging. We, we are proud to say that we sold more real estate in South Florida than any other firm. And I think right. that helps attract once you get to size and scale and, are, and have a good team with you, it again builds that flywheel and momentum and, and attracts better and stronger. And I think, Jessica, to add to that, when you talk about strategy, it, it is a, an approach to independent brokers that they can be a business partner of ours and really continue to grow their business. So we've taken this approach almost like a team approach, like you've said. So we just had a wonderful a merger uh, come in from the Boca area, a luxury broker. He's doing $110 million um, in his brokerage, but he was the main producer. And so, hey, you can come in, contain your brand, keep your brand alongside of us and go out what you like to do, which which is really sell real estate. And so we're really focused on those independent brokers that are maybe feeling the push, that, 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 that squeeze of the company dollar that we've been seeing and really are saying, Let's get you back to doing what you love into sales and let us take everybody else off your plate. And so that's been a really great strategy for us as we tend to be the answer for other independent brokers looking for somebody to partner with that they can still keep their own identity and feel part of a bigger, bigger and better team uh, here in South Florida. And then with partnered with leading real estate companies of the world as well. Real estate's local. Let's let's talk about the market and what you're seeing right now, because, you know, the headlines can do their bombastic thing, but it all comes down to what you're seeing in your in your areas. How's it looking? Yeah, well, we we had the covid boom and it was a sizzle and it was a who would have ever expected it. We, we guessed wrong going into covid <laughs> and coming Thank out goodness. of covid. And, um, better and so, to be on that side so, of things. Right? So I'm not sure anybody knows, but there's no <laughs> question with the rising interest rates and the um, change in the market that we've seen a, a, a slowdown. So the first, and, and really the bottoming of the market, we believe was November, December, and January as those rates hit 7%. They've since slid back to the low sixes now, and we're seeing coming into the spring, a pickup of business, 
but there's no question that the first quarter um, is down against the first quarter of last year. We think the second quarter um, will be still probably down because we um, had, again, a second strong quarter, although it started to fade a little bit with the rising rates last year. And then the second half, will we think, will beat the second half of last year. So we're hoping to end the year similar to 2022, but this is the difference. We're working a lot harder, yeah. we're working a lot smarter, and now we're handling those listings longer. We're getting the photography in, we're holding open houses, we're, we're getting um, leveraging the price adjustments dramatically and making sure that we're doing the most with what we have. In terms of uh, how your agents are, are coming back online after a couple of crazy years, uh, how, what are you doing to sort of support them as all of a sudden listings aren't necessarily falling, you know, buyers and sellers aren't falling out of the sky for them? You may want to tell them about the MBA program. So, we just so yeah, there's a couple of things. One, I think to re-engage, we did something different this year as part of just getting them re-engaged. We changed our whole um, reward and recognition award ceremony, which used to be one big award ceremony with over 800 people and, and just really three to four hours of up and down and people on stage into more intimate breakfast settings for all three. We actually did four individual regional, um, regional uh, breakfasts and one big virtual company breakfast to highlight company virtual awards to highlight everybody. So really trying to drive people back into the business, into the office, into the connectivity. And we found that people loved getting together in their region, seeing everybody and really having that time to do that. And the virtual option, um, we really took everyone on a tour of our offices. So if a winner was in a certain office, we went live to them in the office and it which drove people to come to the office for the event, but then drove and, you know, we went from Homestead to New Smyrna Beach in one in one hour, which was pretty cool, which is about a four hour driving span if you did it in the car. So we really have been trying to drive our, our people back into the engagement part of the business, which is part of, um, you know, having people when their business is down and whatnot, if they're sitting at home, it just makes it worse. Um, but when it, when we're talking about getting them back in and rebuilding their business, we just launched our MBA program, which is Making Business Attainable with the Kai's Company. And it is a five-week, four-day, two hours a day boot camp. So you're there 9 to 11, Monday to Thursday. You're in the office and you're learning that contacts make contracts. You're learning how to manage your database. You're building a business by relationships. You're working with our with our core services, our family of services. And, and you're out on the street every day with homework to build that database. And we've seen incredible success. We, we tested this last year in two offices. We were able to get our new agents up in productivity from about 20% of them being productive in the first year to now over 30% being productive. We've gotten them days to first deal cut in half. And really with that focus of, hey, 21 days to make a habit, but that focus of coming in, being on time, showing up, right. which we know is half the battle. And we had over 100 people sign up for this um, in this the second round. quarter. And so we're very excited. We think that that's really, yeah. again, getting activity and engagement in the offices, let alone the sales meetings, let alone the training in the offices. But but it is no question about it, Jessica. It's not the same post-COVID as it was pre-COVID. And we're working hard to build that culture. Thankfully, though, Jessica, surprisingly, we pulled the numbers of our top agents for the for the first quarter 
and a third of them were up over well, last two year. Thirds, two, thirds. Wow. two thirds of them were up over last year first quarter, yeah. which is pretty amazing. So we're trying to highlight those wins and, and talk about those successes and then really get our director of growth and development having those conversations about we, what they're doing. We relaunched um, the Institute. Yes. And so we've got the single sign on. You've got the new program. You may want to talk about that. But we went back into that and said, OK, how do we give more training, more knowledge again virtually? but also um, we think great content that can help them thrive in this business by tweaking and updating their skill set. And then lastly, we're really focused on, um, Jessica, looking at a white glove concierge service, which is really a fancy name for a MarTech manager in an office, so marketing technology manager to help our agents manage their database and utilizing some of the KPIs that we know if they're contacting, if they're using campaigns, if they're sending out CMAs. So now we're, we're transitioning to have those in the offices to, to have them look, look at what our agents are doing to really make sure that they're doing the activities to get to where they need to go because it's about activities to get to get to listings. It's, it's incredible. I mean, you guys are known for connection and engagement and training. It's part of what, what makes you so magnetic to so many top agents. And the fact that you're doubling down on those efforts now is it's not surprising. And, and we are seeing, Jessica, in this market, a real attraction for stability, um, community of care, connections, just what you said, the sizzle's gone. We, we're hiring more top producers the first quarter than we've hired in a year. Yeah. Um, we got $20 million person walked over from great companies, but but basically they don't feel like they're getting, what they're saying to us, we're not getting backed up by our broker. They're cutting costs and cutting stuff. And we're looking for a place to have fun that, that also gives me support. They're closing offices. We just had in our Wellington office, we had a walkover about a dozen agents yeah. that one other competitor closed an office, a big firm, big name that we mentioned. And they said, we're going out of that market and Wellington's a good market. So seizing the opportunities that are um, that, that other brokers are giving you. But I think people today are are really concerned about the bro the, the national brokers that are cutting back, that they're losing control and they're looking for family, independent ability to um, be yeah. flexible in this marketplace and speak to them personally. Yeah. Let's talk about that family, that family company, because you guys have history. Can you talk? I mean, you guys have a long legacy talked about a little bit before. Um, Christina, you're now a powerhouse leadership. You know, I've got father and son sitting right next to each other here. What does it take, Mike? Daughter, As, daughter, 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 what did I just say? See, this is what I said. But my, right. on that note, my my wife did come to the delivery oh. room with baby blue clothes because we had a daughter that's older than Christina, and she was punching her the so whole time. In the womb. And she said, you can, you "This can, has got to be a boy." Oh my gosh. You know, and so to this day. She's been punching all her life. So, I mean, she is strong. I was going to say, we're going to have <laughs> yeah. to edit out the father-son con, con, comment here. No, we're leaving that in. I love that story. Uh, yeah, so my parents didn't find out if I was a boy or a girl, but my mom's pregnancy was so different. And my sister and I are only 18 months apart that she thought there's no way that this is a girl based on the difference in the pregnancies and apparently how much I kicked and, and punched, which my daughter returned the favor. <laughs> Throughout my pregnancy, so there you go. Yeah, awesome. Father, daughter, and Mike before you, father, son. So, um, but this this powerhouse legacy, right, passed through the generations. 
So I would love to hear from you what it takes to train that next generation of leaders. How do you guys keep making these these kick, drop kick leaders, uh, one after another. It's, it's funny because uh, it's it's one, I'm in some family, I'm in another organization and we talk about family succession and different things. And what one person said to you, me, he says, you can have all the succession planning you want, but if the kid doesn't have it, it isn't going to make it. Yeah. And so I do think I have five children. They're all great and they're capable and and very well qualified. And if you were sitting here with them, you'd be, um, I love them each individually the same. Um, some of them give me more grief than others, but, um, but, but, I think, <laughs> but, but I do think, so one, um, they have to have the drive and they have to have the desire and they have to have the want and the will. And so I think if you have that, then, then basically it's an earned position. It's not a granted position. So then they have to spend the time outside. And so in life, I mean, when they were little, were they competitive? Did they want to go play sports? What, what happened? And then they support them and then get them, allow them to fail and allow them to get beat up. But, but in the same thing in this business is, is that then to define their roles, um, clearly give them the responsibility and authority and step back and allow them to, she came as a salesperson. She's the one that called me up and said, she went to Cornell, was in the hospitality school and said, hey dad, when my father died, she says, I'm coming to work for you. I missed working for my grandfather. I want to come work for you. And so she, so he said, okay, guess where you got to start? As a salesperson. Yeah, yeah. And so she sold for how many years? Um, seven, seven, <laughs> eight years. Uh, longer than you did <laughs> when you got into the business. <laughs> so, so, and then I didn't make her the manager. Our regional manager then yeah, said, hey, actually, she's my ready. manager made me an assistant manager at the time. So he needed help in the office. And I was kind of coming to and made me assistant manager. And then and then Mark Bardo, our general manager at the time, came in and made me a manager of an office um, after I'd been around. I think it was about seven years when I became manager, hmm. six, seven years in, in the business. And then um, and then finally moved up with Mike. Yeah. So the, so so learning and earning, I think, are the key things and then giving the ropes and letting them get their um, their stripes outside. And I think her run in the Florida Association yeah. of Realtors and the Miami board gave her credibility outside of the firm that then validated her leadership skills. Yeah. That wasn't, um, you know, my dad used to say, you have to have tough skin if you're coming into the family business, because if you do well, everybody says, of course he did well. He was given on a silver platter. And if you right. screw up or F up, then they're going to say, oh, look at that Bobo. He got it given to him and he messed we knew up. It was going to so, so, yeah. so, so basically, if you don't know yourself and aren't at peace with yourself and your skill set and know that you're a servant leader, that you're here to serve others, then it is a it is a tough run to be able to do it. And I think that's what we hopefully inspired to into our children. And I think with Christina. Yeah. And I think um, it's funny because one of my siblings, when I first started out, um, asked me what it's like working. I could never work with dad or something. This is my brother. And I said, I said, why? And, and I realized, I said, early on in my career, I think it was good. There were so many layers because I don't think I knew who I was. I don't think I was tough in my own. I wasn't confident in who, you know, all of those things that you need in order to kind of work alongside a CEO in, in that role. So I think for me, learning who I was through that process, I moved back from Miami and all of that. I think I needed to find out who I was and be confident in me which also helped by going out to Florida Realtors and going out to other organizations and finding leadership skills there United outside Way. of my company 
now with United Way. I was with Junior League of America, so Junior League of Miami. And so really trying to find myself first before saying, all right, I can I can work with, alongside Mike and, and really run the family business. And let's talk about that a little bit more, because unless you've sat in the in the seat of a, a realtor association leadership position, I don't think folks understand the weight of that. I mean, it's it is not saying it's full. Another full time job is an understatement. So you you've yeah. done that. You have um, I mean, you've been. Uh, started out as treasurer, and then last year, the president of uh, the Florida Realtors Association. You've given so much to uh, the association world. And and I get to say this because I'm the mama three, too, and I wear all my suits and do all the stuff. It's a, I don't care how many spouses you have running around. It is a full-time <laughs> job to be a mom, too. So talk yeah. a little bit about the interplay between all of those leadership roles, all of those hats, and how you, lessons learned and, and how you do it, Christina. Well, I mean, I think, Jessica, to your point, you're, you're sitting here with us in a powerhouse in your own right, risen up and three kids. And, you know, I used to joke that I think my husband thought that the groceries just showed up on the front, the front steps, you know, like we need groceries. I'm like, you have the app too. You can order them. But I mean, even that being said, he does laundry, he does dishes and all of that. It's just, there's certain things, the scheduling, the what's happening with the nanny. And I only have a three-year-old toddler and a, um, a 19-year-old stepson. So, you know, I, I think the... I some I one time heard someone say it's not about balance, it's about balancing. Yeah. So every day we're choosing to balance something different. I'm balancing here, I'm balancing there. I just said my nanny has to take off next week. So that's gonna look different in my work life, my work schedule. And we're gonna balance that differently than we do every single day. And then I think the second is it I, I use this in one of my speeches at Florida Realtors, is it takes a village. And I, I often say my village to raise me was my Kai's family. They raised me, Florida Realtors raised me in my leadership. And now I have a village around me between my mother-in-law, father-in-law, my stepson, my nanny, my husband, everyone. We your, always say your, your mother, my mother, my father. <laughs> I actually asked if, if if Elena could go spend the night at Big Mike's the other night at home alone. And she's like, yeah, I'd do that. I could go to Big Mike's. So it is a really big village. Um, you know, everyone is always on board. And I think what's been most important about learning that and what's been wonderful about, I think that family style of business leadership is we treat everybody in our company that way. Yeah. If you need, we want you to get to your kid's little league game. We want you to, to be there for your child at the, at the school parent, whatever it is. So as a manager or a leader in our company, there's no question that, that your children need to become big, big part of your lives. I grew up coming to, um, to the office on weekends. My father was always at my game, but I think really understanding that if they're happy at home, they're happy in the office and vice versa. Yeah. And so I, it's hard. Um, I also work with my husband. He's one of our managers. And uh, my mother-in-law is one of our top producers. So it is a true family business in that sense. And so really understanding the balancing act there. But it, I think I've leaned, we all have to learn on who we lean on in those times. So there's days I might need to call somebody for help. I need to vent to somebody. It's always understanding who's on your team at that moment and, and where you can turn to. But we don't, we don't do it alone. It's just, you know, it's where I'm going to balance today. But I think the, the other side I often say though, now that I have a toddler is it's taught me that, um, patient, I have no patience. I thought I had patience. I'm learning a lot more about patience and about, um, feelings and about taking deep breaths. And so I think having a toddler too, and I heard a woman say today that all humans and adults 
are just like little toddlers. They usually need a snack, a nap, or a hug. Yes. So offer them one of those things. <laughs> and you know what? That, that, but as adults, that's all been trained out of us. We can't take naps. We can't ask for a snack all every five minutes. And, you know, it's not appropriate to hug anymore. So we got to figure that out. But <laughs> I think if you can, it's so true. So offer up a muffin to your neighbor and, and you know, give them an embrace when you can. Because I think it's it's so true. And if we go back to that toddler mindset, you know, there's a lot more easier things we can solve. I heard a, I heard a speaker the other day said you need to have the three M's. You need to know your maker and who your maker is and come to grips with that. You need to get a good mate and you need to have your mission. If you get those three M's aligned, then you probably have a pretty good light uh, ahead of you. Although we also need to add muffin to that. Four M's. Yeah, yeah no, muffin. That's right. It's true. The snacks. I mean, I, somebody said I used to be cool, and now I'm just now I'm just a girl that gets the snacks for a toddler. So, so this will give you a little sense of Christina. So we had the five kids. The oldest one was less than eight when we had all five kids. So we had five under eight. We weren't Catholics. We were just um, Presbyterians. But oh, the um, yeah. so the um, um, when my wife had Christina was the second oldest. She's probably six or seven or eight years old, and. I, and she says, Mom, do you have the diaper bag? And um, my wife goes, yes, of course I have the diaper bag. And she goes, Mom, is anything in it? You know what I mean? So they're talking about snacks. And <laughs> that was her at six or seven. So you can imagine oh, yeah. the organization yeah, skills. Operations. Operations. And yeah. it, I think that main thing is so true. I think and having all of your, everybody, put every putting everything on the table of where you are, whether it's with your boss, whether it's with your husband, whether it's with, Whoever, this is where we're at right now. This is what I need. This is where we need to go. You know, who's going to handle what? So communicating it's and huge. being able to say your feelings and your emotions and being authentic and saying and exposing yourself. Why do you feel that way? I think yeah. those are critical issues. And caring. And and to that point, actually, I mean, the the Kai's companies and you guys, this is there is this sense of sort of love and family and, and community within the within your organizations, but but that trickles down and out very much into the communities. I mean, you guys do a lot of giving back. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, it's funny how you say that. I mean, I think we, I feel, I don't know what she thinks, I think we we are stewards. It's really not ours. It's a gift that we have from the good Lord. Our founder, um, Ken Kais, it's that's why it's called the Kais Company, everybody says, well, the keys. Um, so the um, it has two E's and it take the K off. You've got I's. But the um, um, he he had a motto that said, "Give to the world the best you have, and the best will come back to you." And so in our DNA of the organization, the company has always given back to the community. Actually, tithes ten percent of its profits since 1926. And so part of that is being giving back in the community. We match. Um, up to $1,000 of any of our associates. It was $500. The new president came in and she said, we're up in it to $1,000. want to give away $100,000 matching our agents to their charities. But then we also um, do a lot on our own. Um, uh, she just was working with the um, um, Girl Scouts. And oh, saw yeah. a little bit of it. The Girl Scouts of America the, and the Girl Scouts of Miami just had their 100 year. And the craziest part is I'm a big... Um, I donate a lot of my time and energy and to United Way, and I sit on their, their board, but they had a big event one day giving back and cleaning up the camp. There's a little, and there's a girls camp in Miami over actually by my parents, and they have these cabins. And so I get there one day, and three of the United Way girls come on. They say, Christina, you have to see this cabin. You have to see this cabin. And I'm like, 
Okay, what are we looking at? And there's a plaque on the wall donated by the Kai's company, 1948. Oh my. So I asked him, that's your grandpa, right? And I Kim Kai's, Kim Kai's. And I was like, well, not my grandfather. You know, it's the same thing. I said, but, and that, I go, that was pre my grandfather's time or whatever it was. And so then as, as Girl Scouts are turning 100 this year, which there aren't really a whole lot of companies, Publix is turning 100 next year. We're trying to do that that um, look around our, our area in Florida, who's, who's over 100 years old and who's been here that long. Uh, they came to us and said, we have all these documents. Ken Kai served on the board, did one of our biggest fundraising. He was out in the community and all these things. And so really to kind of you know, partner up. And so we did, we gave back to their redoing their fence and their butterfly garden. So we had some of our agents over there this past weekend to do that. We donated to their benefit and their efforts. And so really looking for that. But like Mike said, I think the giving back to the world, but our other culture and, and core value is leaders of leaders. So while I was president of Florida Realtors, we have had four Florida Realtors presidents in our history. Actually, no, six, yeah. four living. We have four living and we've had over six presidents. It's only 100 years old. Yeah. So six of the presidents of Florida came out of our organization. And then you talk about on, on top of that local presidents oh, and yeah. local district vice presidents and our general manager. And so really we are raised and we and, and Mike says, give them the uh, empower them and the authority to go out and do it. And we really try to to breathe that into our, our managers and our leaders to get out there and give back to the community. Because I like to say, you know, without a community, we have nothing to sell. Yeah. And, and, and like Mike said, it's, it's stewards of, 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 of others. It's stewards of what we were given to be able to give back and, and show what we can give back. But in real estate community, it's all local. Yeah. And so we got to be ingrained in the community and really understand what that is and, and be able to give back, whether that's through the associations, through our charity organizations and so on. So it's, it's, a, it's a core value that, that we love to, to be able to do, to give back with our associates and, and watch, it, watch it in action. So I have two powerful leaders sitting next to each other right now. Um, before I ask my favorite last question to ask, which is what's your favorite piece of leadership advice? What I wanna know first is what is the best lesson that each of you, and as a parent, I know we get lessons from our kids too. What's the best lesson that each of you have learned from the other one? You know, it's funny you say that though first. My mother-in-law says, the kid spends their whole life trying to tell the parent what to do. And the parent spends their whole life trying to tell the kid what to do. And no one ever listens. <laughs> so she did say that. She said she's trying to get her mom to move out of her house. Her mom's not listening. She goes, my son tells me what to do. It's a, it's a circle of life. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think I think what, what I think is in my role now, I just read a book, Strength to Strength. It's basically, um, we may not be doing as much, but I think we have a library of wisdom that we can give. But one, one for me is in what am I learning is just get out of the way, <laughs> let the let the horse run so to speak and let her do the job and and not micromanage or get involved and is she gonna mess up at times? Of course she will. And is that okay? Probably may even be better that she does it now than later. Um, but I think and then seeing um, her skill set and surrounding um, her with the people that can complement her. So what am I learning? I'm learning about technology. I'm learning the skill set there that I don't know. I'm learning the, um, the, the, the games that we're playing um, along the way. I'm seeing the organizational skills that I don't have, um, whereas she's got those and the dedications and the list. So I think it's a great compliment to me, but also a, a great learning um, along the way. She tells me um, not to say rude things anymore. I didn't ever <laughs> thought I was rude. <laughs> 
Is that it's not politically correct. Oh, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting onto the, the right road here. No. Um, and he doesn't, that part he hasn't listened to yet, but he is learning it. He's learning that it's wrong. At least now he says, I don't think I'm supposed to say this, but he still says it. <laughs> so now he knows. Uh, no, I think um, to that effect, I think what's been really great is while we're both big drivers and if you did our disc profiles, we're both off the charts there and whatnot. And I actually go back to when I think I was 12 or 13 and my father made me take a caliper test, which is a test we give our managers. And <laughs> he made all five of I guess me and my sisters take it. And I was like, I don't know how to answer these. Like, just go with your gut. And then that's when we realized I was more like him than my older sister. So that was a whole different, uh, whole different conversation. But um, I, I, what I've learned a lot is I came from the corporate world in sales. And so coming into real estate one, you think you're coming into this, like, all right, we can make more money. And it's a little like corporate and you get here and you're like, it's nothing like corporate and everyone's all over the place and there's no structure. Uh, <laughs> and, and everyone says whatever they want. Um, but I think what I've learned is not to stress the small stuff. I think with Mike, it's a lot of, all right, let that roll. Pick your battles and let things roll. It's a large organization. You're going to need to know when to pick your battles and when not to. And when just, just to say, okay, it'll work itself out. And I think that's I think that's a really big learning process for me where I want to go in and fix each problem. And I want to take it head on and deal with each. Well, this person's not happy today. And sometimes it's it's okay. Tomorrow they'll be happy. Let them sleep on it. You know, and it's not that it's not, it's not overlooking a problem. It's just realizing the things you need to do to get through today. And then really understanding his care for people is hard to replicate and really trying to get out there and really truly hear people and understand. And I often think what would Mike ask in this interview and stop talking and wow, he talks a lot. Surprisingly, he knows a lot about people. So at some point he was listening. And so <laughs> I'm like, I don't know when, but he really is. And he's all, and he knows not just about people, but he knows about people's families and he knows about people's uh, backgrounds and where they came from and what makes a person. And I think that's what made our organization so great. And that's really what I'm really trying to do is really just learn people sit, listen, how do we motivate, how do we partner, but we can't do any of that if we don't know who they are. And so that's really what I'm trying to take away from him as I, as we do some really cool, fun, other stuff and other projects. It's really the people, we're a people organization and we live and die with our people. They're the people we got and we've, and we got to be proud of them and, and get to know them and, and, and tie them into us. So it's, it's, it's really about, uh, about giving, giving that back to them. You guys have so many leaders amongst your family and within your companies. What is your favorite piece of advice for aspiring leaders? What's the one thing each of you would like to leave uh, for the aspiring leaders out there? So I'll go first and he can close this. I think um, it's not a title. I've been in Florida Realtors, local boards, everything. People aspire to a title because they believe that gives them leadership and power and that people will follow if I have a title. And it's it's not about the title. And at the same time, it is. As Florida Realtors president, they didn't care my name. The president is here. Mike used to say, you could bring me in on a stick. Hey, the president's here. The president's here. And realize that that title precedes you. And how you handle that when you walk in the room is so much more important than the actual title. But it will precede you. And you, and you do need to honor that title with the respect that it has. But a title does not give you the leadership authority. Yeah, I, I think you say for those that aspire, I think do. I mean, yeah. show up. I mean, I, my life is 
we, we spend so much time worrying about everything. But what I found is if you play the game, you, you dress for the part, you show up on time, maybe early, and then you're very engaged in watching, things will happen. And then the second thing is take risk. I mean, I, I'm thinking back, it, it really is amazing what you can accomplish um, in five or 10 years that you never thought you could accomplish, but taking that risk, working hard toward those goals and, and waiting for the results, having a long-term vision, but playing the game hard in the short term, and eventually you get a lifetime of success. This, I knew it was going to be fun when I asked you guys to come, and it was indeed. This was such a cool conversation. Thank you both so much for being here. I would love to have both of you in person at an event <laughs> soon. In the meantime, though, man, this is a great way to um, yeah. to start our, our, our new podcast season. So thank you. Keep doing your our thing. Pleasure. It's our honor to be here. Je thank you for your work. I mean, yeah. and what you guys have done in leading RE. I mean, we're just honored to be a part of that and watch that grow over the 60 years, but really the last 25 years. We can't wait with your leadership, with Paul, with Kate, with all the people and Bob to be able to look what the next five and 10 years is going to be, because I don't think we've seen anything yet, well, Chris, in the international world. It's companies like you that make this network what it is. So thank you. Thank you. Hats off to you too. Talk to you soon.